Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111337-706-0111. And it was it's not over because I'm not used to this yet. Monday night. NFL playoff, it's not supposed to be that way, but since they expanded, they decided to do that, and at least, I mean, again, it's logical, but the NFL, again, they don't, they don't give a care at all about logic and fairness, but at least the two teams that are playing the Monday night game are playing the final game Sunday. In other words, they're playing the last game in the upcoming playoff weekend. I wish they used that logic during the course of the regular season to make the schedule more fair, but at least they did it this time. At least they did it this time. So, lots to discuss, obviously, after a weekend the games that were played, it was um better weekend than I thought it would be. It was, you know, even the one game that ended up, the Cheaters ended up winning by 18 points, but that wasn't a blowout game. I mean, it was it was now again, I didn't watch it. I I I can't I can't do it. I I I, I just can't watch it. Um but I followed the score. I knew kind of what was going on. I can look on my phone and say, okay, who who's winning? If it's a team like the Cheaters that I hate and I just can't watch them. I, I can't watch them and listen about how great they are. And I just I just can't. I just don't put myself through that. Now, if I do watch it, I'll probably mute it. But I, I, I didn't even... I didn't even watch it. I was actually watching the Cajuns. So, and we'll get to the Cajuns later, but uh, I, I didn't even watch it. So, I saw a fair amount of the other three games, but I didn't see any of the Cheaters game. But, you know, just from kind of knowing what was it, it was a pretty competitive game. It wasn't like this, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the national championship game or, or, or like a lot of, uh, games are in that situation. A lot of the bowl games where you just have these routes. It, it wasn't that at all. It was a competitive game. So even the one double-digit game was a competitive game. And I and I think what led to a lot of that was they. it was a division matchup. And division games are just different. And it doesn't matter. that they're, they're, It's hard to predict them because – 
It doesn't matter if it's the playoffs or the regular season. You just never really know. I mean, you never really know what you're going to get out of any game, but the matchups are just different. Like like the the Vikings-Giants, they played each other, what, two or three weeks ago. It was a, They played each other at the end of the regular season. So that's just a – that just makes the preparation and the game planning and the whole chess match just different. It makes it different. So, great weekend. It's, again, it's not over, but a great uh, opening weekend of playoff. Now, that doesn't mean everything in, in those games were great. You know, I thought, I don't, time will play out. We'll see what happens. Uh, what time do they play? I wrote that down. The Bengals play the Bills at about 2 o'clock on Sunday. So we'll see um, how Buffalo does. But 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 he, I just want to throw this out there. One of them, you know, the Bills were fortunate to beat the Patriots. They beat the Patriots on two fluky plays. Like, how many kickoff returns for touchdowns were there all year in the NFL? I don't know the answer to that question, but I think the answer is like four, maybe five all season. And the first one wasn't until like towards the very end of the of the regular season. So I think we went like three quarters of the NFL season without a single kickoff return for touch. And four or five might be on the high side. I might only be two or three. There weren't a lot. Let's put it that way. And so I wonder what everything the Bills have been through, and they've got a few injuries on defense now, just in terms of mental toughness and and everything that they've been through um, with the the near tragedy and and just the shock of all of that with Hamlin. I I just wonder if they're the same football team. Like, they were – I wonder if the two kickoff returns covered up some things – in that regular season finale against the Patriots. And then the Dolphins played them way more competitively. And and the Dolphins deserve a, a ton of credit. But but the Bills had a lot of turnovers. Like, they, they really turned the football over. Now, some of it was because the Dolphins were coming on defense. Like, they were coming. You know, should Josh Allen have fumbled? No, you got to make sure you don't fumble. But it wasn't like he just fumbled on purpose. They, the defense was a, was very aggressive. And they challenged him. And and it paid off a lot. And so um, they uh, there's no question Miami gave a good effort. But, I, but I, you know, they were just – they were certainly more sloppy. And I just wonder if the Bills are the same football team as they were before – going to Cincinnati and everything that has happened since then. I just, uh, I don't know. Now, I think the Ravens, um, you know, the Bengals were, were, were supposed to lose last night in my mind. And the Ravens, I mean, going into it, I know everyone was expecting them to win, but the Ravens came to play. Look, the Ravens have won a whole lot, had a whole played a whole lot more good football over the last decade than the Bengals have. Still a proud team with a head coach who knows how to win. Now they're playing with a backup quarterback who was banged up. All of that is true, but I, I think the Ravens took it to the Bengals, a- and they they should have won the game. They, you know, they, they just should have. Now 
the things that came out of that game is, is it me or is it getting – and the Saints have a serious problem with it. Look, I watch more Saints and Broncos than, than anything. And so the Broncos had a serious problem with it until the, like the last three games of the year, and the Saints have had a problem with it since like week three or four on. When they get inside the five, they just struggle to punch the ball in the end zone. And it, it, apparently it's not just a Saints thing because we've been seeing – we saw that a whole lot more. We saw that more than once or twice over the weekend. And um, the Ra- if the Ravens could have come up with a way to score from, like, the two-yard line, they would have easily beaten the Bengals. They just, they just couldn't do it. And then, of course, the fluke of fumbling in 98 yards the other way. I mean, the, I, I thought the Ravens took it to the Bengals. They should have won, but they didn't. I mean, you got to – you can't – can't – mismanage the clock, which they did a little bit at the end, and you can't be on the one-yard line and let the other team score when you're on the one-yard line. That's just awful. Awful. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot, what's going on? Oh, you know, just a Monday trying to absorb everything. Can can you imagine you're playing with a third-string quarterback, you get no calls all game, and and you got a chance to to beat Buffalo – with a fourth and inches from the 50, and, and you can't get a playoff? Well, again, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I've heard some people blame the head coach for that, and that's possible that's the case. I'm sure it has to do with not being uh, – I mean, I've seen Hall of Fame quarterbacks not get plays off. I mean, I, you know, I saw I, – you know, Breeze very late in his career. The Saints had times where they didn't get to play off and they took a delay a game. So not getting the plays off happens whether you're a third-string quarterback or you're a Hall of first ballot Hall of Famer. I've seen it both ways. So I wonder if it had to do with just um, – I mean, Ryan was saying today that he, he thinks it was on the head coach that he choked, that he took he just took too long to come up with the next play. He wasn't, well, McDaniel's, McDaniel's explanation was – he thought it was a first down, so he had his play called already for a first down play. Then they came back and told him it wasn't a first down, so he had to adjust his play and get his personnel in to run a fourth in inches. But I mean, it should, I mean, I, I guess I guess that makes us make sense because it was so close. Yeah. But you gotta, you, I don't. That's why it drives you bonkers and me bonkers when you use your timeouts when you shouldn't. Yeah. We had a fourth and nine, a third and nine, or whatever or a fourth and nine, he caught a timeout, and then he comes back and he punts. Yeah. No, so I, I, I... wasted a timeout in the second half. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I'm, I am not... I don't like calling timeouts to say five yards. Now, with a third-string quarterback and you're struggling a little bit, I kind of get it a little more, but I don't know. I'm not a big fan of using your timeouts to say five yards. No. And, and Foot, uh, your boy... Is he good? Hell yeah, he's good. But Josh Allen is a crybaby, man. All he does is cry about everything. I mean, he fusses for everything, and, and, and he gets in the other the defense's face. And I mean, he threw an interception one time, and, and he's trying to tackle our guy, and he got blocked. They call it roughing because we rough Josh Allen when he's trying to make the tackle on the interception. 
I mean, that shouldn't have been called. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Now, you know, again, Brady's the, the biggest crybaby of all time, and I, I don't want Josh Allen to do that. When you're the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, you shouldn't be a crybaby. You should be tough. And he is tough. I mean, he plays as tough as any quarterback there is in the league. But, no, I, I'm with you on that part. I mean, i tell you what, and, and, and we'll never know, but, boy, if Tua wouldn't have got hurt at all this year, I would like to see where Miami would be right now because, I mean – Scarlett Thompson is not good. I mean, flat yeah, out not but he, good. Yeah, and, and, but, and, but and, I mean, he, you can't expect him to be. I understand that. I understand that 100%. But, but to, to be where we are with, with Scarlett Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater played a lot of games this year. I mean, I, 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 and, and another thing, for not, then I'm going to let you go. Do you, do you realize that Kenny Pickett had two concussions in a shorter time span than, than Tua did and they released him to play? And everybody released two of the play yesterday except the NFL. I'm starting to think the NFL didn't want him to play against Buffalo because well, they wanted Buffalo to win. Well, Troy, why do you think they suspended our coach for a year? They worried about lawsuits. It, 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 the Ray Rice thing was different because we saw the video. Everyone saw Tua stumbling around like a drunk man. It's different. It's different. Well... I mean, I think he should have played yesterday, cause, but uh, he didn't play. But we'll see. I think he, the, he, if he, the he man, if the man year, so Troy, if the man did not know what he was doing when he threw those picks, absolutely zero chance he should have been playing yesterday. Zero. Zero. I mean, that was three weeks ago. My daughter had a concussion five years later. She'll ne- and she's not the same, and she may never be the same. Ever. All right. Talk to you later. All right. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think Tua should have been playing. Now, again, what happened with Bobby Scott? I don't know. I, I you know, I've heard that that Bobby Scott got two. Um, that's funny. You don't remember that when we named Pickett Bobby Scott? That's the funniest name ever, Bobby Scott. Um, no, it's uh, I, I don't know what happened there, and, and it's tough, tough deal. I, I I think most people are not for now. If you're a Dolphin fan and you want to win, I get it, but I think most people are not for to a plan. Now, again, what happened with Bobby Scott? I don't know. And the severity of my, I don't know. I mean, again, I I'm, I would I have no idea about Bobby Scott's situation. But uh, no, I, Tua, if he really was that as bad as he looks, and no, I don't think he should have been playing. Now, why was Teddy not playing? You can't throw the ball. I don't know. Maybe you can't. But Teddy wasn't in a bad a situation as as Tua was, especially mentally. But no, I thought. I thought the Ravens took it to the Bengals should have won, but the Bengals, they didn't. I mean, the Ravens just, you know, they just they couldn't score from inside the five. They just couldn't couldn't figure out a way to do it. I, it's got to be, you know, it's it it's it's um, apparently not just the Saints who can't come up with a play to score from inside the five. At least I got a little appreciation for that watching that game. The other thing about this weekend that um. I couldn't help but think about 
last night is can you imagine Baker Mayfield having the gall? How bad? How, how is that not? We talk about how things age well or they don't age well. Baker Mayfield with his little third or fourth round talented punk self. Cause he want cause he played at Oklahoma and and you know won a Heisman, you know when he had more talent than almost everybody he played around him, has the gall and the nerve to make fun and laugh at the fact that Daniel Jones could be picked number seven overall from a basketball school like Duke, where he didn't play most of his games with the best players. Very few of his games did he have more talent on the field than his opponents did. And he had the nerve and the gall to, to, to just laugh at that pick and ridicule the fact that Daniel Jones could be the number seven overall pick. Um, and then Daniel Jones begins his career with a, with a revolving door at coaching staff and offensive coordinator and a hugely beat-up offensive line. And now where are we? Now where are we? Where's that punk Baker Mayfield now laughing at Daniel Jones? What a punk that guy is. But anyway, not a fan of Baker Mayfield if you've never noticed. And again, I don't, I mean, I don't don't like, never rooted for Oklahoma, but I don't hate Oklahoma. It's not like because he played for Oklahoma or something. I just, I just have never liked all his shenanigans and then to, to make fun and ridicule and downgrade someone else being picked like you're so much better than them. That would, I mean, you, you got to be kidding me. And you're not better. You're not better. Uh, and just awful. I think there were, you know, uh, you know, I have a few Saints fans, and I'd have been, I'd have been all for having Daniel Jones come to New Orleans, but Daniel Jones ain't going nowhere. Y'all can, we can all forget that he's staying with the Giants and. The man is not a great quarterback, but I think he's pretty good. And and if you give him a consistent offensive coordinator and a cons- and a good head coach like he like he's apparently got now, and some receivers that could ever catch the football and a tight end that can catch the football and an offensive line that's an NFL quality offensive line, the man has good enough arms. He's got the maturity and he can run the football. I'd love to have him. It's not going to happen, though. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. 1037. Lafayette 1041. Lake Charles wants to remind you to 
Join the game clubhouse where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen there. Or how about a $40 gift card from Misfits Dine and Drink in Bruce Order or a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. You can't win any of these fairly regular prizes or prizes that come up now and then, if you don't join the game clubhouse, so do so today. Again, by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It is a Monday after a busy weekend. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning there, Foot. Good morning, sir. Oh, I'm stressing, man. That game needs to come up. I understand. And, and That's too much waiting. Up. That's too much waiting. Man, you ain't never lying. Now, you know one game that kind of put a smile on my face, and I know it probably put a smile on your face. The Vikings game. What were they thinking, man? With that, with the way they lost that game. You throw an out route to to the tight end, where and the tight end is what was he five six yards short of the 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 first down. Like what was that? Well, he was under pressure. And I think he just did what he always does when you're under pressure, which is throw the check down. The problem with that is, it you know, it was the end of the game. I mean, you, you he has to, you know, I've never played quarterback, so I can't, I'm not going to act like it's easy. But, I mean, he has to have it in his mind. Okay, look, this isn't a normal situation. If I get pressure, I'm going to just throw it up for grabs and hope my guy makes a play. I mean, you just... You just can't do what you would normally do in the middle of the second quarter, which is that's what you would do if you were under pressure. Right. But you can't do that with the maybe, game on the line. Maybe he thought uh, – maybe he had a flashback and thought that was one of the Saints defenders on him and he was going to run it all the way yeah. at the end. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. But, yeah, man, I'm sure – I don't know what Cowboys team is going to show up tonight. I mean, they can – I mean, I, I don't know. Part of me is uh, thinking that uh, – the Cowboys team that that played against the the Vikings and the and the Colts is going to show up and we're going to blow out, you know, uh, Tampa Brady. But uh, I mean, I work with a Cowboys fan. He's been kind of keeping my, my 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 spirits alive and keeping my hopes up. But uh, man, if we can we can win this game and then we can we can get that San Francisco team that showed up in the first half this past weekend against Seattle. I mean. And we can put pressure on uh, Purdy or whatever his name is. I, I think we have a pretty good shot against. Him, but first, we got to get. Well, past, understand uh, the Vikings' defense is a sieve. The Yucks' defense is not a sieve. Now, it's not as good as it's been. You know, it was really good the year before Brady got there, and it's been really good since he's there, uh, been there. It's not as good this year, but I think that's partially because the offense has been so bad. I mean, those two work together, but that's still a good defense. Now let me ask you: You think now that uh, that uh, the Chargers uh, lost the way they did, they fired their head coach and Peyton goes over there, or they think you think that head coach is still there well, next year? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think they were going to fire him, but I, I, I also didn't think you know he was going to blow a twenty-seven point lead either. You know, on Friday when we were talking about it in last week, so it makes you kind of wonder. Yes. Yeah, you know it'd be the, the 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 funniest thing ever if they fire him and then he goes to Denver and has to play that team twice a year. But anyway, uh, just a thought to think about. But but uh, thanks for taking my call. I'm gonna try and think positive thoughts, but I don't know, man. Ho- hopefully tomorrow's a glorious day for me. We will see. Have a good one. Man. You too. Take care. 
No, that that's a lot of waiting. You're right. I mean, to wait all the way to Monday for that game because there's all those scenarios you can tell that are just going on in Martin's head and, you know, Cowboy and Young fans and just people following the game, following the NFL uh, as far as what to think. But, no, I was going to get to the whole Charger thing. I mean, for those of us, and we talked about it, several times last week, including on Friday show with different callers. The whole scenario, like, I don't really think Staley's going to get fired. But when you, and then once they built a 20, now look, to be fair, a huge portion of that 27 nothing lead was just, was just turnover induced. Because a guru's boy threw four picks in the first half. But um, so they weren't obviously that much better than the Chargers, although I mean, than the Jags, although I still think they're better. But they just I always say it from preseason predictions to what we I said it again Friday. The Chargers are just one of those franchises. I, I, I can't explain it. They just can't get out of their own way. They just have never been able to get out of their own way other than that that one fluky time where they, who did they beat? The Steelers and got to the Super Bowl, which was sickening because then, you know, the, the, the cheaters got an easy opponent and with their little ugly uniforms and, and made Steve Young look better than he was. Disgusting. But it was... Um, the Chargers, they're just they they just cannot get out of their own way. <laughs> just amazing. So when they were up 27 nothing, I'm sure there were Saints fans who were thinking about what we were discussing on Friday and a couple times last week. Well, so much for that. So much for them firing Staley. And then boom, they blow it. Look, we can talk 28-3, and I never do that. I'm not a sports elitist. I, I think all that silliness, the whole 28-3 thing. But um, but this was worse than 28-3. Worse. Man, I can't even imagine. We, we were watching a little bit of the game last night. I turned to Michelle. I said, you think there's any Charger fans watching that game? She said, I wouldn't be watching it. I was a Charger fan. She didn't even really want to be watching it as a Bronco fan. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I want to get to something else, but talking about that game last night, Eli Apple, but that's not good, huh? That's football. Well, he's not a favorite of Saints fans, that's for sure. Well, he's just not good. (laughs) I mean, how does he have that guy still employed? And, you know, Cincinnati should have lost that game last night. Oh, they were supposed to. I mean, but Kevin, all three, they, they were playoff wins last year. They probably could have lost all them games. And I, well, what is it? it that, that coach is not good. I think that's, that's a part of it. The Zach Taylor's not that good. And and uh, as long as Eli Apple's not there, I, I don't see how they win. I know Joe Burrow and Tr- Jamar Chase, you know, they got a great offense. But golly, man, I mean, Eli Apple is bad. But, 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 but look. You could maybe argue the Chiefs win, but in my mind, 
These four playoff wins they've gotten so far in the last two years, Joe Burrow ain't responsible for those wins. He was a complimentary piece in all four of those wins. They've won with defense and field goals. That's how they've won all four of them games, defense and field goals. Joe Burrow didn't have a great – I mean, he did fine, but he he didn't win that game last night. He didn't beat the Titans last year. He didn't beat the Raiders last year. The defense did. Right. Kevin, did you, did you watch the Cajun game side of it? Yeah, I thought it was the best game of the season. That was a good team they beat. I mean, I know that seven footer wasn't there for them, but you you notice in all the games they're behind where they have to make a comeback. You know, it's the same. It's the same factor, the same denominator every time. It's Greg Williams really steps up every time they they're, every time they're behind. He's the one that steps up. I mean, the other players do too, but it's, he's also he's like the main factor. And every time they come from behind, you notice that he he. I mean, he's been very steady this year, no question. I agree. And and, and clutch at times. I agree with that as well. And, no, I, look, the I, you figured South Alabama was going to play better. Like, 25 came off the bench and starts raining three-pointers. Cat looked like, you know, unbelievable shooter. Um, and, and and so I, I think um, – and you know they get they got South Alabama. Even though South Alabama's senior, uh, you know the, the, their center was out, but the backup played very well. He had a career fifteen points and seven boards. So no, I thought not necessarily the Cajuns' best performance, but it was the best game of the season. I thought. Right, Kevin, and you know, uh, you know, like they got a, uh, you know, you, whenever you go to Karen Crow, the, 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 you, you know you're in Karen Crow when somebody says, "What's up, my boy." I mean, that's what they're saying, Karen Crowell. I think that's what I'm going to get Joe Charles to say. What's up, my boy? Because yeah. let me tell you, Joe Charles is, is a, a very important part of this team, the way he plays defense. He ignites this team when he gets in the game. and play. You could, All the players play for each other. You, you can see that. There's a good chemistry. But whenever he does something good, then he just, he just gets they, they just get more emotional and more got more charge in the game. Don't you notice that when he does No, something? I agree. I, I agree. I, I think, you know, I think they pull for one another and they like it. No, but no, Joe's a, Joe's a guy. He's he's a non-box score guy. You got to watch the games to appreciate what he's doing. Yes. That, 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 his name is, what's up, my boss? Have a go. Okay, I like that. No, I was going to get to Cajun basketball. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people question going in. A lot of even, you know, people really started getting critical and, and upset when they started out 0-2, but they've now won four in a row, and they are in a, you know, again, it's early, but they are now in a six-way tie for first place in the Sunbelt Conference at 4-2, and two, and it just shows you how balanced the league is. Everyone's got at least one win, and everyone's got more than one loss. Uh, Troy got beat at App. Double figures. Georgia Southern got beat at Matt James Madison. Double figures. And if look, the Cajuns go to Arkansas State, who's not one of the better teams in the league. Doesn't mean they can't lose, but not one of the better teams in the league. Then they go to Texas State. Very familiar with both of those venues and opponents. Um, not one of the best, four or five best teams in the league doesn't mean they can't lose. We know we know the drill. There's not a ginormous difference between the top four teams and the bottom four teams. Now, not, not right now. Now, I think as the season goes on, 
there's going to be two or three teams at the bottom are really going to end up kind of way behind people. Um, but I don't think that's, we're going to have that at the top. I, I think it's pretty balanced, this league. It's You look at the standings, and it looks really balanced. But if the Cajuns win these next two games, you suddenly have to really like their chances of winning this league. Still got a long, long way to go. But even if they split this week's games, I still kind of like their chances. If they sweep these two games, I really like their chances. Assume, assuming they stay healthy and all that, we understand the drill. But um, things have changed pretty abruptly since that 0-2 start for the Cajuns. No question about that. And, I, again, I was going to get to that. But um, so we'll see. They There's a lot. There's a lot, you know, players that play well. I know when he spoke, he didn't know that South Alabama was going to win on, uh, what did they beat, James Madison on Thursday, um, which was a nice win. But, that you know, they still have an uphill climb, and, and you knew they were going to play well against the Cajuns. And, you know, it's normally a pretty good game. And, what, they had won four out of five against the Cajuns. So, you know, they've had, they're used to having success in recent years against the Cajuns. And so... Um, no, I thought it was the best game of the year. And the women played well, too. They, they went to Troy and lost in overtime. I mean, they, you know, they played a good game. They didn't win, but they scored 70-some points again. I still don't – I'm still not real confident in this offense, but if they continue to play defense and just keep making incremental improvements on offense, that's what, 70-something points two of the last three games? You know, they might be able to get there by the end, which is all Coach Broadhand always talks about. So encouraging basketball weekend for the Cajuns, no question. Not for LSU, obviously. And, man, and we have man, the whole bizarreness of the Alabama guy getting arrested in a murder situation. Wow. Wow. But, no, um, whenever every, anytime LSU is down by 40, I always think to that. I think it was a Sunday afternoon game, LSU – at Auburn many years ago. This was probably in the 80s, and Joe Dean said, and the Tigers are down by an even 40. Um, not good, but not unexpected. All right, we will take a timeout and come back. We have it. We just kind of getting going on evaluating and discussing what we saw over an NFL weekend. And look, if you want to talk basketball like FedEx man did, like did, certainly feel free to do that. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Old Tucktail. Tucktail. Noun. A former NFL coach who put his tail between his legs and went back to college where it's easier to win. Also known as Nick Saban. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. Want to remind you tonight, as we were talking about, the Dallas Cowboys will travel to the Yucks. 
Uh, pre-game start at 7, and you can listen right here to the final game of the Super Wild Card opening weekend um, of the NFL playoffs right here at the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Should be interesting. Look, I think the key is if the Cowboys can run the football effectively, it's going to be really tough for the Yucks to win. But with all the mistakes that the Cowboys have made in the passing game in recent weeks, what is it, uh, five or six weeks in a row, Dak's thrown a pick? Um, so if they can run the ball, then I really like the Cowboys' chances of having a good night. Uh, if they can't run the ball, could get iffy. Could get pretty iffy. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Cowboys secondary's been pretty iffy as well. You know, I'm not a big Gardner Minshew fan, but he looked pretty good throwing the ball, going up and down the field against the Cowboys. Didn't look so good against the Saints. So, man. Any Saints fan watching that game, watching these games, especially the NFC, would not think. If you could just, I understand that expecting injury-prone players to play is a roll of the dice, but give me either Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry. If just one of those two guys could have made it to the finish line, I, I other than the Eagles, um, with their starting quarterback playing. I, I'd even play the cheaters. Saints play pretty well against the cheaters. Just give me either one of those two guys can make it to the finish line. With the defense finally getting its act together, I'd I'd be willing to play any of these teams other than Philly with its starting quarterback because they just they just have no chance against him. But um, but that is what it is. Got it. Got to stay healthy. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, I, um, are they going to fire Staley? I, you know, I, I think as an owner, you, you've, you've got to determine, it's about determine, in my mind, the little things that he's done wrong, is it something that you feel like he'll improve on a year or two from now? Or is it just something that he's going to be? Because that's him. Um, there are things that go on behind the scenes that most of us will never know and that theoretically a, a GM or an owner of the organization would know about. They obviously have a great young quarterback that is grounded. Uh, they have one of the better running backs in the league. They have they're very injury prone, but they have good they have good wide receivers. They have elite pass rushers. The Chargers seem to have everything that you need. Now, every, anybody could use a better offensive line, but they seem to have everything that you need. And so, besides the location, whether it's Sean Payton, 
Casper the Quitter, as we call him, or um, or any coach who's who's looking for a job. Why wouldn't you want to go to San to San Diego to the Chargers? Other than the fact that the Chargers are just one of these franchises that can't seem to get out of their own way, just can't seem to do it. Now, but if you have the ego of Casper, then you're thinking. I can fix that. Look, they've had guys in the past like Schottenheimer conservative, uh, Anthony Lynn, a little more on the conservative side. Well, now they have the guy who's on the other side of the thing. He loves to take chances. He loves to gamble. And that hadn't seemed to work for him either. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, it, it's it it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see the way it works out because I didn't really think that there was a really good chance of him going. But when you blow a twenty-seven nothing lead, owners can make knee-jerk reactions and, and make it on emotion. I, I could see that happening. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, Joey. Howdy. I was thinking the same thing, though. When they lost that game, I'm like, well, I guess we found Casper's landing spot. There, there's two problems. Actually, when I really thought, and it's ironic, because the week prior in a meaningless game, he had his starters on the field, and his best wide receiver ends up breaking his back in that game and is unavailable for the playoffs. And I'm thinking, what knucklehead coach would have his best receiver on the field in, in garbage time? And then I said, well, uh, there is one guy that I can think of, and that may be the only downfall of, of Sean Payton's name being thrown in the Charger hat. But what a perfect landing spot for him. I mean, L.A., he's got a franchise quarterback, uh, a running back that probably is better than Z28. Uh, he's got a, a young, really studly defense. Their defense is better than they played, and when they got their players back healthy, they showed it. Um, he's got a, a decent receiver core. They could use a little bit of speed, but that's easily fixable, especially nowadays. I just think it's 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 the perfect landing spot for him. The only problem is the people running the franchise are a bunch of tight wise and I don't know if they'll be willing to pay Sean, which will probably be the highest paid coach in the league with this new contract offer. So, and, and, and the um, one thing, and I've been saying no to the Broncos, but the one thing about the Broncos is you just brought it up. They've got these rich new owners and they want to make an impact and, and make a splash. And they're probably going to offer them maybe more than that, where, where the money will override some of the football questions. Well, and, and we actually need the Cowboys to lose. So his name gets thrown into that hat. Carolina's asked for permission to talk to him. What we need is a bidding war. You know, you need four or five teams that are interested in him. And, and again, San Diego seems perfect because their first-round pick is, you know, in the mid to lower 20s where you not you can give, afford to give up that first-round pick to get them, which I think it's going to cost, especially if there's a bidding war. And um, it just, man, it just seems like it's checking all the boxes. I'd love to be Herbert's coach moving forward. That kid's the real deal. And that team is loaded with talent. They've got really, they got stars at a pretty much every position on the field. But why can't they get so, out of their own way? Because, again, we, we devalue coaching. 
And as much as we love to fuss at some of the decisions coaches make, it, it does make a huge difference. And this this knucklehead to have look, the Giants rested their players week eighteen, and I think it showed in that game in Minnesota. San Diego or Los Angeles chose to play their players in a meaningless game in week eighteen when they were going to have to fly across the country to play a game in round one. And in the process, you, you get your best receiver, you definitely your best red zone targets back broken. And they just, again, then you jump out to this huge lead. And for the life of me, they're throwing the football with a 27-point lead instead of just milking the clock. And I don't mean you got to go into a shell, but don't throw on three downs and have 32-second drives. You know, they throw three times, three and out, and they ate up a, a half a minute on the clock. When you got a 27-point lead, you got to shorten the game, and you do that by running the ball. And it's not like they got a plug at running back. You know, I just it was he was brain dead, and the whole time I'm watching this, saying he's going to blow this, and that's where Sean Payton's going to end up. And sure enough, when it was all said and done, he had blown it. They got to be livid in 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 Los Angeles right now. The ownership's got to be. Uh, I, 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 I would I would think so, but I gotta I gotta take a break. Thanks for the call, Joey. It's gonna, we got something else to talk about this off season, at least. Yes, sir. Peace, uh, brother. All right. No, but I mean, again, I don't think that's gonna last long. They're gonna have to make that decision pretty quickly. <sighs> Man. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back. Two footnotes. We were just discussing the Brandon Staley situation. If you read the comments of the players, they're all supporting him now. Um, will the owner listen to that? I'm sure he listens to some of the team leaders. I'm sure what Herbert and Derwin James and Joey Bosa and those kind of team leaders say, I'm sure that carries some weight. Um I, um, I, I, you know, obviously a lot of people think he's a good young coach or he wouldn't be in that situation. He, he's one of these fast track guys coaching in college and then boom, he gets a job. And before you know it is, you know, he has some success as a coordinator and he's, and he's, and he's a head coach. Um, I still don't think they're going to fire him, but obviously when you lose 27 nothing, then, you know, it makes you want to think. But they still have a relatively young team. They're still kind of in the building process. I I don't think they're going to fire. But again, I didn't really I didn't really 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 didn't think they were going to fire him going into that game, but when you blow a 27 that league I, I wouldn't go – I wouldn't say I really, really don't think they're going to – I just kind of really don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> You're like, ugh. But I don't think they're going to. We'll see how it plays out. All right, that's it for one hour, another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion 
Houston Astros. You can watch us simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber, the game hotline, 337-706-0111. We've talked mostly about the NFL, but we have talked some about the Cajuns. They beat South Alabama in just a great game. I mean, you know, it looked like the Cajuns might be okay. They were up, I think it was 25-20. I don't know how much time was left. Maybe four, five, six minutes to go in the in the first half, and things were going okay. And then all of a sudden, um, guy comes off the bench and starts raining three-pointers. And, and before they knew it, they, the Cajuns were down 10. But to FedEx man's point, Greg Williams hit a big three with like two seconds to go in the first half, uh, cut it to seven. And the Cajuns then started a run. And then once it got about even where the Cajuns got about a two-point lead, I mean, the, the last 15 minutes of that game was just back and forth. I mean, I I thought it was not ne- not necessarily the most efficient game or the best, but it was – the most exciting, eventful game of the season so far for the Cajuns. So I, I thought it was a great game. And look, Cajuns and South Alabama's play a lot of good games over the years. And the all-time season series is now uh, 31-29. It's pretty close in favor of the Jags. So it is, um, it is a – I thought it was a great game, great victory because there were a lot of ways they could have lost. Now, what I didn't like in that game – is at the end of the game, they they didn't close it well enough. Like, you had a guy in Terrence Lewis who's about a 90% free throw shooter. You know me, I hate missed free throws. He went 0 for 2. And then Greg Williams only made 1 for 2. They missed 3 of their last 4 free throws trying to protect the league. Fortunately, in the middle of kind of that last 30 seconds or so, um, South out had a turnover, and the Cajuns, Greg Williams, got a big offensive rebound. Without that, we may be singing a different tune. Now, you know, you got to be able to make free throws. Now, usually you would say, well, if you miss three out of four free throws, you're going to lose. Where the Cajuns missed three out of four free throws, and they won. So that was fortunate, and it was good for the Cajuns. But you don't want to try that route very often. Just like they won in Monroe Thursday with 20 turnovers and missing 10 free throws. You don't want to try that route very often. It's not a good route to take. Not a good way to to, to proceed. And so that was a little disappointing, seeing them miss three out of four free throws down the stretch. But fortunately, kind of the breaks went their way. And again... We're so result-oriented in this country. Um, like, the breaks just didn't go their way at Coastal and at Old Dominion. And the breaks at the very end went their way. And so they won where they lost that game. What does it make the coach or the players suddenly inept or, or great? It's just sometimes the breaks go your way, sometimes they don't. But you can help those breaks – if you make free throws, got to make free throws. 
Um, and so hopefully they can do that down the stretch. But the bottom line is the breaks went their way. They got the win. It was a great game. They're now tied for first place. And, again, that it's too early to worry about that. But the point is they've kind of sort of overcome that 0-2 start. It didn't kill them anyway. And so, if you know, they got two more games on the road. We talked about it for a month, you know, or so, that they were going to have to play six of their first eight on the road. And they've played six of them, and they're four and two. And they're tied for first. And if they win these next two, which who knows if they will, but if they do, then suddenly I think the Cajuns become are, are sitting really pretty. Um, if they can stay healthy and make free throws and get a little better in this position and that position and play together a little more, and they got a shot. So very encouraging. So if you want to talk about that, certainly feel free to do that as well. But, again, we've got a lot more to say about this NFL first weekend that's almost over, um, minus tonight's Cowboys game in Yuckville. So let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. How's it going? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Crazy weekend. How are you? Uh, so far, so good. I mean, you know, Foot, I, I'm not a guy that like going to funerals, not my thing. But I never mind. I enjoy going to a cowgirl funeral. <laughs> well, it's gonna be a funeral to remember. Well, we don't. Uh, I get what you're saying, but you know, I don't know. I, I mean, they could win tonight. No, no, they're not. No, no. I'm gonna enjoy this. I'm gonna enjoy this. This, this is the Last Supper. <laughs> it's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. I'm gonna enjoy. Watch these cowgirl fans take their flags down and cry. I'm going to enjoy this moment. But I can't Man, have been waiting all season. You're not even day. waiting for the wake. I mean, you at least got to wait for the wake to start talking that no, kind of trash. No, 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 no. They we might win by 40. The huh? They, you got to at least wait for the wake. At least let them be down double figures in the second half before you no, start celebrating. No, no, no. no. I, I've been waiting all season. Forget that part. I'm ready to bury them. That's all I'm hoping. I'm not put. Hey, I'm not a look. You know, I I cannot put. That's like somebody asking you to pull for the 49ers. I can't. I hate to pull for the Buccaneers, but I can't pull for them cowgirls. I gotta live with these fans, and right now they have been bothering me all year. So I can't wait to be there to watch them. I'm gonna be at their house. I don't care if the garage go down. Don't worry. They're going to know I was there. I'm going to their business. I'm calling. I'm texting. Oh, this is going to be so glorious for me. Oh, you have no idea. But, <laughs> but, um, you better wait. Um, you better wait till they lose first. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I know they're going to lose. I know they're going to lose, so I'm not worried. They, the whole goal is for them not to go to a Super Bowl, yes. But the whole goal is for them not to win a Super Bowl. I win regardless when they don't win the Super Bowl. That's my other Super Bowl. If the Saints don't win the Super Bowl, they don't win. Hey, that is my Super Bowl. That's victory. Victory goes to the guy like me. That is awesome. That get, that means they got to cry. Oh, I love it. I, got, I love it. Stuff it to them. Hey, Foot. Yes, sir. I, I was, you know, I feel bad for Troy. You know what I mean? But you see, what happened in his game is what happens to the Saints every week. And you talk about this on the air. 
And this is a moment where people get to feel what it's like being a Saints fan. You can't get holding calls. You can't get the calls going your way, et cetera, et cetera. This is what the Saints go through every week. And people try to say, we lying. We always talk about somebody cheated us. We always blaming the refs. No, man. This is what the Saints go through every week. This is what you preach all the time, and people try to say you're delusional about it. It goes to show you, it's not just the Saints they do this to. We just get it done 100% of the time. This just shows that, hey, when the NFL feel like pulling the rug underneath a team, this is what they do. When they feel like, you probably got the calls all season, but when it came to the playoffs, we figured, ah, not you. We like the other guy better. Boom, stick it to him. That's the NFL. It's not fair, like you said, foot. They're they not trying to be fair. I keep saying it's rigged. That's all I got to say, foot. But, hey, enjoy the last day meal of them. Enjoy the funeral. Look, I hope you're right, but you better wait. You better wait. You're talking trash a little too early. (laughs) We'll see. I hope you're right. All right. Have a good one. Um, I don't know. I think the man's talking a little too early. (laughs) That's the kind of big talk you do once the game's over. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's a lock at all. I mean, I think both of these teams, I wouldn't surprise me either way this game goes tonight. Uh, um, you know, the Yucks have struggled offensively most of the season. So if they struggle tonight offensively, it's not like it's going to be a shock, but the Cowboys defense has also been pretty questionable lately. And uh, so we'll see how, and their offense for that matter. Again, I, I really think it's about whether the Cowboys can run the ball. If they can run the ball, I think the Yucks are going to be in trouble. But if the Yucks can stop the run, which they normally do, they normally stop, they don't normally get gashed in the run. If they can stop the run, I, I like their chances. But as far as um, the Dolphins, look, that call. First of all, let's get to the most, I don't know if it's the most important, but one of the most important issues here. I've been complaining about this for a long time now, and they need to put a stop to it. They have got to stop all this aiding the runner junk. That is, that is not, that should not happen. Now, I don't, there are a lot of college rules I don't like, but that's one college rule I like. They don't, they don't play that game in college anymore. They have got to stop allowing aiding the runner. It's ridiculous. They need to have a penalty. I mean, like, go back and look at, what was it, Reggie they called that one time at Notre Dame? I mean, that was nothing compared to what goes on now in the NFL. It, it's ridiculous. The Look, and you have to just – I don't understand why they can't look and see and have any sense of fairness about him. If you were watching that Dolphins game, that guy did not make the first down. Singletary. And first of all, there was aiding the runner. That's that's that should be that should stop. And it was obvious he did not make the first down. How in the world can you look? Just just let the game, let the players decide the game. That's what goes to that sense of fairness. When you're looking at a replay, you you at that moment, 
at that moment. You have the I you have the option of okay, we're going to decide the game or we're going to let the players decide the game. No one would have said anything because he didn't make the first down. Again, that's where you got to have a sense of fairness. He did not make the first down. They have got to get rid of Aiden the runner. I mean, that is that is awful. They allow they allow it way too much. People are taking advantage of it. And by the way, on these third and shorts and fourth and shorts, and why don't more teams just take they they letting you cheat? Well, cheat. I mean, if the league is gonna let you cheat, then cheat. I mean, why not? Everybody, a bunch of other teams are cheating. You cheat too. I mean, the league is letting you. I mean, just push everybody and everybody just start pushing people. I mean, what is this, rugby? That is awful. They have got to stop letting aiding the runner happen. That is awful. That's the one thing. that You know, these idiots on these uh, competition committees, they have no sense of fairness. I don't even understand it because most of these guys are coaches or ex-players. I'm sure some of them are officials. But, I mean, how can you have little, so little, that was awful at the end of that game. They made it look bad. Look, I, I'm not a fan. I, I'm not a believer of this rig stuff like Paul was just saying. But I am a believer, and I've preached this for years. If you don't have a system in place to ensure fairness, then you don't care about fairness. Then you are fine with cheating teams. Cheating does not mean conspiracy. Cheating means that one team got an unfair advantage in the in the calls over another team. That's what cheating is. I'm not talking about conspiracies and all that. I don't believe rig. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in conspiracies. But I believe a league sets up a system that does not end your system, your structure has to ensure fairness. The NFL structure has never ensured fairness. I've been complaining about this for decades, and I've been I get proven true and accurate over and over and over again. All you got to do right there is let the game play out. He did not make the first down. The chances that the Dolphins were going to win were basically nil, but let the game play out. Why should you deliver the coup de gras on as an official on a play where he didn't even get the first down. I mean, it's just, what? He did not get the first down. There was aiding the runner to get him to the point that he is. Then you had a chance to at least allow the players to decide the game. Again, that's where we got to get. It's Proper officiating is ensuring fairness. It's not enforcing some silly rule book. And again, I don't even know how that enforces the rule book because he didn't get the first down. Just crazy. Drives me crazy. And look, I was I'm I'm I like the Bills. The Bills are one of the few teams in the league that has never really done anything to the Saints. I don't have anything against the Bills. I've been, you know, I've been on the Josh Allen. I had him on my fantasy team. I I I I I kind of hope the Bills win the Super Bowl. I'm not I'm not rooting against the Bills. And this that was before the Hamlin situation. But 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 
it is what it is. I mean, fair is fair. Making the right call is making the right call. That was terrible. Terrible. Now, the Dolphins cheated the Jets to get to the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying stuff evens out because stuff doesn't even out. No. I, that's a myth. That's a lie. Calls do not even out because the only way they can even out is if you have a system in place to, of fairness to try to make them even out, and that is not part of their mentality. That is not part of their approach. There's no way you can randomly tell me, unless they, there is a plan to even them out, there, it's impossible that they're randomly going to even out. That is just a lie and a myth that people have bought for years to try to, to, to so people can to take the deflection off of the fact that there's not a system in place for fairness with the officials. And um, look, the officials are just trying to, I don't blame the officials. I blame the league. I have always blamed the league because you got to have a system in place for fairness. They have got it. It's not the officials that don't, um, enforce Aiden the runner. You got to make that a rule. That is awful. Aiden the runner has got to go. That is terrible. That should not be football. This is not rugby. That is awful. That's got to change. And that's, there was some, the spotting in the ball is just, it is not good. Not good at all. But, um, and again, I wasn't even pulling for the Dolphins. I'm I'm good with the Bills winning, but do the right thing. That was terrible. And I always say, are you gonna are you really comfortable with deciding a Super Bowl that way? With aiding the runner and the man short of the first down and we're gonna give it to him. That's terrible. That was awful. All right. We'll take a timeout, come back. Again, phone line still open. If you would like to get in on the game hotline, 706-0111. If you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear what you have to say about why you, who you think is going to win tonight and why, because I'm I'm kind of torn. I, I can kind of see both ways. I think it's going to an interesting um, set of teams and the seasons they've had and directions they're handing it, heading into and the plus and minuses they have. Interesting matchup tonight, so I'd love to hear what you have to say on that or any of the games you saw over the weekend. We'll be back on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. 706-0111. The other thing that the NFL should do, well, again, it's real easy. They should have done this back to the 80s. This is what should happen. I've said this over and over again. When they start, when they brought replay into this deal in the 80s, it was brought in to correct gross errors. So this is what should have happened. They should have had someone up in the, in the booth 
And when a gross error takes place, you correct it. It's that simple. If they'd have done that from the beginning, we wouldn't be in this microscope stage of replay. We'd have fixed the gross errors. We'd have lived with the rest of it. And we could all handle it better. There has to be a way to fix it. And this idea of, well, I can fix this, but I can't fix that. And I can only fix it if you have one of the little uh, passes to the bathroom, little third grader, left. If you don't have no more pass, if you've used up all your passes, then we can't fix it. That is so ridiculous. That whole mentality is stupid. These are adults. This is a multi-billion dollar operation. If there's a mistake and you can fix it, well, then fix it. I mean, they botched this from the very beginning. And the other thing that they got to fix is they should be, there should be, especially in the playoffs, but it should be fixed all the time. Just review it. If an official makes a mistake, which, again, officials are going to make mistakes. But the, but you got to get out of this creative accounting stuff. It's about fairness. It's not about making our officials look good or bad. The officials are put in a bad position because they change the rules all the time, and half the rules are ridiculous. They, they, they've overcomplicated. They change it constantly. And most of them don't even make any sense anyway. So, right now, like last night, there was a, there was a bad roughing the passer call. That's not an easy call. You know, I know that we like to get mad at the officials It's not the official's fault. It's the league's fault. It is hard. Uh, Kirk Cousins did get hit in the helmet. Of course, Saints quarterbacks get hit in the helmet all the time. They don't ever seem to call that. But um, Kirk Cousins got hit in the helmet, and then he got tackled. But it wasn't late, and it wasn't vicious. It shouldn't have been called. Well, then fix it. (laughs) Fix it. We're trying to determine who's going to the Super Bowl here. That's not hard. Fix it. Oh, no, you can't fix it. Well, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to do? We're trying to get some guy off on a technicality, or are we trying to determine uh, award the people that play the best on the field? If you make a great defensive play and you tackle the quarterback and the, and the official makes a mistake because the rules are ridiculous or the rules are too complicated and it's too hard to do, if, if you notice the mistake, well, then fix it. I don't want to hear the day later. I don't want to hear, oh, they shouldn't have called that, Paul. Fix it. We all knew it was a bad call after watching the replay. Fix it. Don't fix the microscope call that we got to look at six times. Don't worry about that call. We're still changing rule uh, decisions made on microscope calls that you look at six times and you still don't know if it's the right call or not. You're like, a lot of times you're like, I don't know. And uh, and I don't know what they're going to call. The announcers say, I think they might do this, but I don't know. It's too close. And then they end up changing it. They're like, well, 
We can't get the obvious stuff right, but we changing the microscope calls that you look at six times and you still don't know what it is. That's not what replay was for. Why do we complicate everything? If there's an obvious mistake called, I don't care how many times the little third grader went to the bathroom this week. Who cares? Stop all that silliness. If If they make a mistake, fix it. If you look at it three times and you still don't know, well, then it's not meant for replay to begin with and you move on. Why can't somebody figure this out? This is not complicated. I'm not that smart. And I figured this out 40 years ago. And I'm not even that smart. I mean, you got to be kidding me. We're still changing calls on, on microscope calls. And we can't get the obvious stuff fixed. Because little Johnny went to the bathroom four times already this week. He can't go a fifth time. Just be in your pants, little Johnny. That's stupid. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And and I've complained and screamed and hollered about this for decades. People say, oh, that's sour grapes. That's nothing to do with sour grapes. That has to do with it's stupid, so fix it. The Saints aren't even evolved anymore. Most of this is, I wasn't even pulling for that team. But it's still stupid. Get it right. Fix it. It's really not. They make it way too complicated. Replay was never meant for microscope calls. They, they just botched it from the beginning, and they, just, and they just keep compounding their errors with more errors. And, and, and we've lost sight of, let's just, like I always say, master the basics. Can we just master the basics? Can we just get the obvious calls right? And when the official gets it wrong, I'm not blaming the official. He's not an evil person. He's put in a bad position because you got stupid rules. And you don't even know how to fix the rules you got. You don't have a good procedure and process in place. It's not about bashing the official. It's about getting it right. They, the officials are told to protect the quarterback. You don't have to like it. I don't have to like it. But it's a tough call. And when, they, and when they go too far in one direction, fix it. It's not hard. If you have to look at the replay more than twice, then it shouldn't be fixed. And the call should not be changed. That's not what any of this was meant for. They botched it from the beginning. And instead of just, let's just, Take a deep breath and get it straight. They continue to mess it up. That roughing the passer call should have been changed. Just change it. Get it right. We're not trying to crucify this guy. It's hard to officiate bad, ever-changing rules. We, we should know that. Stop trying to justify everything they do. We've kind of gotten a little past that because sometimes – the gene steratores of the world say, well, that was a bad call. When it first started, they tried to justify everything that they did. They never, they never said it was a bad call because you can justify just about anything. But what, now they're actually saying, well, I don't think that was a good call. Well, then fix it. If it's obviously a bad call, fix it. If it's not obvious, move on.
I mean, they act like there's no maneuverability. Well, there sure was maneuverability on overtime. Now now they changed the whole. We played all year long. Now we get to the playoffs and we want to change the rules. Okay. Well, then change the rules in other areas to get it right as well. How about that? How about stop picking and choosing when you want to change the rules midstream? How about we just get it right? How about we get the obvious right and leave the rest alone? It's not that difficult. Master the basics. Master the basics. Same thing in baseball. All of this silliness, oh, he, he, he slid off the bag and he's an eighth of an inch off even though he was saved. That was not what replay was meant for. And he didn't get rid of all that stuff. When umpires botch calls in almost every game, Fix the botch calls and stop using microscopes. Replay was never meant to be a microscope. Just stop all that. Fix it when it gets it wrong. I don't know why this is so complicated. It's not really complicated. They just complicated it. This whole idea was you got to finish the catch through the ground here and you don't have to finish the catch through the ground here. We all know what a catch is. Let's go back and master the basics. Stop all this through the ground junk. They've just made everything way too complicated. And and so now they, it's so complicated that now they can't get the basic stuff right. We can all live if you get the basic stuff right. We, 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 uh, football should have nothing to do with science, should not have nothing to do with microscopes and labs. Keep that away from football and baseball. Master the basics. It's not difficult. A moron like me can get that right. Unbelievable. And we just keep going further. We keep digging a bigger and bigger hole. Oh, but we can change the rule. No, wait wait a minute. That's what the rules say. Well, wait a minute. You just changed the rule. Why can't you change the rule here to get it right? It's just, it's so frustrating. Just do it right. Master the basics. Get the basics right. Throw your little microscopes in the river. All right, we'll take a time out. Come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure cruise. Pleasure cruise. Now, a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks also known as Tom Brady's career. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion, 
Houston Astros, the game hotline, 706-0111. On this Monday, after a very, I would say, eventful, exciting, competitive opening weekend, minus one game tonight in Tampa, which, again, you can hear right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. If you notice that we have quite a bit of fun here at Delta Media and you would like to be part of it and you have any type of sales experience, Delta Media is looking for you. Whether that sales experience is anything from retail to telemarketing, anything in between, Delta Media wants to hear from you. Uh, email your resume to sales director Johnette Cochran. That's J C O C H R A N at Delta Media Corp, C O R P dot com. Or you can just give her a call at 337-896-1600. All right. Uh, any more thoughts you might have on the opening weekend of the NFL playoffs? Uh, again, lots of other stuff happening. Uh, you know, just awful news where you've got a basketball player from Alabama who's been charged in a murder. That's not anything any of us expected to hear over the weekend. You've got um, an offensive lineman for Georgia and a recruit that was killed in an automobile accident. Man, just tragic, awful stuff. Not stuff that we like to talk about on sports talk radio situations for sure, but – it kind of kind of the reality of the situation. The Pels did get a win on Friday. Did not play over the weekend and playing this afternoon at Cleveland. And um, you know, I heard I haven't looked at it in about a week or so, probably maybe two weeks now. But in the um, the little sports line thing that we do during the break. Um, it's said that the Pels have lost 12 out of 21 on the road, and that sounds like a lot, but that's, you know, that's really not uncommon. Very few teams do much better than that on the road, and all teams, most teams or even the good teams are somewhere around that. You know, it, that's not unusually bad or anything is the point I'm making. So, But, no, this is not going to be an easy game. Uh, obviously, the Pels are still shorthanded, and – they're playing against a team that at times can, you know, they have an elite scorer in Mitchell, and 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 they're having a nice season, and it's on the road. So we'll see um, how, how if they can get that win tonight. Um, you know, the first goal, kind of for those of us who don't follow it day by day, is getting to Christmas Day. We're obviously past that, and the next goal is you get to the All Star break, and once the All Star break is done, then you kind of feel like you can. You know, the games mean a little more. But um, like we talked about last week, you know, that they're holding their own, and that's all you need to do right now. You just get as many wins as you can. Kind of like I talk about the Astros enjoying baseball season. You just get as many wins as you can while things aren't great and avoid, you know, three and four game losing streaks. And if you do that, even if you lose two out of three, you know, for a little, for a little stretch there, and I know it's not fun in the moment, but as long as you just avoid those three and four and five game losing streaks, when you get healthy again, you can make some hay. So we'll see 
Um, it looks like the Pelicans have done a good job of that. Uh, you win the games that you can win, like they wasn't a perfect performance, but beat the Pistons by six on the road, and you just win those games and you avoid losing streaks, and they should be fine down the stretch. So we'll see if they do that. Again, if you have any thoughts about tonight's game, I um, you just never know what these owners are thinking. Like, I really still don't think Staley's going anywhere. Now, there's been some pretty stark co- criticism of Joe Lombardi, ex-Saint assistant, um, who's the offensive coordinator for the for the Chargers. Maybe we've seen this happen before, where the where the head coach stays, but he's got to make a change. And so I guess it wouldn't be totally shocking if they move on from Lombardi and Staley changes. I mean, I don't know that. Obviously, I'm just speculating, but. Sometimes you can satisfy an upset fan base by changing your staff a little bit or tweaking that, and then you you, you keep your head coach. So, um, the league is filled with young head coaches who play the analytical game. Staley so far probably takes that a little bit too far in the minds of some people, but again. Some of the leaders have come out on the team and spoken for him. Um, McCarthy's different. He's a little more old school as a coach. If they lose tonight, are they going to fire him? I don't. I don't think so, unless it's you know something the equivalent of twenty-seven to nothing, and you lose. Um, you know, or you just go out and just lay an egg and get a bunch of penalties because he's largely fixed most of the criticisms that people had of McCarthy and and way the team was looking last year. He's fixed a lot of that. And so if they win, I, I think all bets are off. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but if they lose, it might depend on how they lose. Again, it might Jerry might be laughing at all this. Who knows? We're all speculating. We don't know. But I, I, I still think Staley's going to stay, although I don't say that quite as strongly as I did on Friday. And let we'll just wait and see how the Cowboys look and how they play. And I just know this: if Dak, if they lose because Dak throws a pick or another pick six, or doesn't get it done at the end of a game, um, then, boy, they're going to be bashing Dak. <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. So we'll see how, how that game plays out. It, it It is weird. If you're a Saints fan, most Saints fans do not like the Cowboys, and we've talked about all the reasons. Over and over again, most Saints fans do not like the Yucks, although I, I've never really hated the Yucks. The Saints have owned the Yucks for decades. So I, I don't I don't really hate the Yucks. They're in my division, so I don't like them, and I root against them, but I don't really hate them because Saints have always kind of beaten them. Even when they win the Super Bowls, the Saints sweep them. So... Um, 
you know, you naturally, a lot of Saints fans don't like Tom Brady. I get that. A lot of Saints fans don't like Tampa. And, and, you know, they're in the Saints division. I get that. And so, like, this is a weird game to watch as a Saints fan tonight. Like, you really don't like either team. You really are sick of hearing about both teams. And then there's this whole, like Joey was saying, if you get deep behind, if you peel back a lot of layers, you the whole idea of running up the, you know, having multiple teams theoretically that might want to talk to Sean Payton kind of runs up maybe how much you can get in a trade draft pick wise for him. So that complicates it. It's really a, a multi-layered, complicated situation game to look at as a Saints fan in terms of just your raw pettiness of who you don't like as fan bases and who you don't like as teams and what players nauseate you to all the way to, all right, like what could this mean in terms of negotiating how many draft picks you get in the future? Like Joey mentioned earlier, so this is a complicated game. Complicated. And, of course, if we do more microscope officiating, it'll get even more complicated. It'll get even more. So we'll know. Interesting game. I really really think it's an interesting matchup. We'll see what happens tonight. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion, Houston Astros. Welcome back. Want to remind you, if you have an Amazon Alexa or Google Home speaker, do the smart thing. Use it as you listen to the station. Simply play the game Southwest Louisiana or ask that of your Alexa or Google Home. It's that easy. So do the smart thing and have the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you. Home office, wherever you go. All right. So obviously tomorrow we'll have continue the ramifications of tonight's game between the Yucks and the Cowboys. Uh, it, it, I guess, well, they're later than us, so they, we probably – they. I haven't seen anything. Last time I checked earlier, haven't seen the Chargers make any kind of statement about Staley. Maybe by tomorrow they will have said something, or maybe they're going to try not to make an emotional decision, which is probably the smart thing to do and, and give it a little while before you actually – make a decision um, on anything or an announcement of anything. So we'll continue to monitor that. And, you know, I think Saints, most Saints fans, you can't ever say all, but I would think most Saints fans, as long as the Saints get multiple picks and hopefully even if it's a late first-round pick, you would feel pretty comfortable about how all of that played out. Um and then, the, obviously, at that point, once that gets taken care of, then the Saints have some pretty big decisions on, you know, they've got to they've got to get some things changed. I mean, we, we, we went over that last week, and we'll be going over it, you know, here and there for the rest of the offseason. But they, they've certainly got to get some things changed in their approach and, 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 and how they use the players they have and, you know, obviously who's, what their quarter – quarterback options are going to be I mean who knows what could happen I mean we we discussed everything from Derek Carr to Lamar Jackson last week of course I don't know about if it's the most important thing but if it's in the top five got to make sure Lamar Jackson doesn't end up with the Atlanta Falcons we established that last week got to make sure that doesn't happen and I just 
everything that we've heard and read and said and how it played out in the game. Do you really see Lamar Jackson playing for the Ravens next year? I don't know. It don't seem good. All right. I appreciate all the phone calls trying to get us through. Uh, exciting weekend. We'll see what happens tonight and talk about it tomorrow. Y'all have a nice day.